freshness of the quality rise and you know they're going with them to every ball there. This is Come On Kind with Martin Quilty and Onya Fahey. Good evening everybody and welcome once again into the KCLR studios here in Kilkenny for Come On Kind. We are on season 2, episode 21. I am Martin Quilty and I'm being joined this evening by Paula Dowling and Anya Fahey. Good evening ladies. Hello. Hello. How are you? We're all good. We have a lot to get through this evening. We obviously had a great day yesterday in UPMC Nolan Park at the KCLR coming a month's goal finals. What a fantastic day it was. Five finals taking part from 11 o'clock in the morning and the last one starting at 5 o'clock yesterday evening we have Wine Gap taking part in the Division 1 Fela final that is the John West Fela final that is coming up on Saturday over the weekend as well and we will be chatting to Kenny O'Shea about that later on we will also be previewing the Senior and the Intermediate in the Glen Dimplex All-Ireland series that will be taking part on Saturday as well but first of all I am going to come to a very 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 happy Paula Dowling who just walked into the studio a minute ago and told us she's going to do the lotto because Paula you were almost spot on with all your predictions you got four out of the five right um, poor Anya is sitting here with her head down slumped with uh, disgust that she couldn't uh, pick the winners out of that one but um, yeah Anya you were in Nolan Park yesterday it was a great day and I was imagining it earlier uh, talking um, on full time as well with ourselves what an unbelievable day of Camogie the skill level for the primary schools this year was outstanding yeah it was excellent and you know it was really great to see like such a big crowd at the matches as well um, I think I said it yesterday I don't think I've seen a crowd as big at an intercounty Camogie game so far this year the crowds of people that came into Nolan Park and they were just constantly coming in and out and in and out obviously like they were there to support their teams but you know it was absolutely brilliant and it was done so professionally as well like even you know the coming out uh, when the teams were running out of the stand and the music was being played and going to taking their photographs and everything ran so well yesterday and you know it was just it was so good to see and you know the skill level that was on display and some serious names for the future there that really popped up and you know definitely Kilkenny Camogie is certainly in a bright place I know Lillian was saying that yesterday as well and you know some some excellent games yesterday It certainly was I suppose we tried to make it as much of an all and final day as possible for the school so as you said the teams came out of Ordon Bernock underneath the old stand for people who knows uh, Nolan Park um, and the fanfare that's played in Crow Park was played for the teams when they were running out they went to the bench they had their photograph taken mm-hmm. they'd done their warm up and for anyone that was lucky enough to win the trophy then as well got a photograph taken afterwards um, with the lovely banner in the front with the cup with their teams uh, etc and then the fact that there were some of them talking with us on the radio afterwards as well getting interviews done a bit strange but obviously uh, it was done as part of um, the new initiative by KCLR to get the schools more involved into it but I suppose we'll start off first of all we had the Ryan D final that started us off yesterday with St Anne's and Conaghy Paula you got this one spot on and it was a, a very entertaining game of Camogie I have to say it was probably in the balance for a while uh, in the second half but St Anne's probably just about ran away with it they got a couple of uh, scores at the right time St Anne's 6-5 Conaghy 2 points Conaghy had Edwina Keane 
as part of the coaching uh, staff there as well which was great to see uh, a former uh, inter-county player there with it but yeah it was a fantastic game Oh yeah, by all accounts now, due to personal reasons, I wasn't able to make it um, on Sunday. But um, I was talking to somebody. I do feel that Conhe the occasion might have got to him a little bit, by all accounts. And I was talking to one of the teachers. Um, but it's great for St Anne's. Like I mean, that's a standalone on their own um, I happen to be going through Johnstown today and they had banners up and everything wishing the schools the best luck and that's what it's all about these are the memories they're going to take with them um, and St. Aaron's there's great work going on out there at the moment um, with girls at under there is under sixes under eights all the way up and it's great to see a new school say per se a new name up on, mm-hmm. on, 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 on winning and um, I mean that's good if they keep those girls together that's going to augur well for them you know and Chad Dogan I mean what a fella on the side I mean I probably tried to drag him in three or four times off the field he was nearly encroaching out onto it now nothing uh, malicious or anything he was just shouting encouragement and giving so much encouragement to all of the, the girls and the players um, that was there as was all of the coaches but yeah I mean he's so passionate about Camogie uh, it's unreal and I got to speak with him afterwards and you know he really emphasised the fact that this was going to push on the club uh, up in St. Dan's and they're probably a small enough uh, parish up there on you like this yeah. you know for a schools to win a competition like that it's great for them. Yeah absolutely I suppose like when you look at St. Dan's there they're um, made up of Johnstown, Galmoy and Crosspatrick you know so they and they'd be three small enough areas I suppose for a lot of people you would consider Johnstown a big area but you know Galmoy and Crosspatrick would be relatively small areas and you know I suppose they're, they're joined with Emeralds at, um, at club level as well so you know this is going to be a massive boost for, for St Anne's anyway especially going forward to club level and maybe the fact that they could actually branch off themselves um, at some stage you know you're looking there there's 24 players on that school panel um, you know so there, there's no reason why they can't all keep going and I'm sure you know there's only a handful of them that were in 6th class so that aren't going to be available there next year as well Yeah exactly well it certainly was a great day and I was able to catch up with Cha and a couple of the girls after the game and this is what they had to say Well, they would have as soon as we can push uh, the button and get things properly. Here we go. Marais, how do you feel after that? Uh, great. I'd like to thank everyone who came and I'd like to thank the coaches for all their help and support and our uh, supporters and the schools, Johnstown and Crosspatrick and Galmai. And I'd like to thank all our sponsors. <laughs> Good woman, you're leaving no one out. He scored six goals in the game today. This fella here beside me was like a, a madman on the sideline, shouting encouragement the whole time. What's he like having uh, in the training? Yeah, he's great support. He always wants to help us get everywhere and get over the line. And you share giant captain's role with Bavine. Bavine, good day for the team from St. Anne's today. Primary school victory. You'll go along now and celebrate. How do you feel after that? Uh, yeah, I feel really good and proud of us all. Good woman. You have a big panel, girls. So I suppose there's a lot of competition for places. But you were out there and you were leading from the front today. Happy women going home later on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, well, well done. Go celebrate it. Cha, I said you were a madman on the sideline. You probably were, but it was all good. I know that your passion for the game of Camogie is instilled onto all them girls out there, but what a victory here today with them. Yeah, it was, it was great, Martin. It was great to see that, to see that um, the work that they put in all the time. Um, it's, it, at this stage with the little girls, they keep asking me, Cha, come on, can we train again? Can we train tonight? I want to train every night. So, I mean, it's tremendous. When you get that sort of spirit into a team, it's, it's wonderful. It, does, it, it just makes it easy then. You never have that much problem problem with girls that age group anyway they only want to go out and they want to 
play. But what an occasion here in UPMC in Allen Park today. Great for the girls to be able to get in here. And I suppose it was a bit comfortable for E in the end up against Conaghy, but you were just too strong for him. You had an awesome display. Yeah, we had a great display, Martin, but, but I, I can I know I know I mean Conaghy are a good team as all well. happened maybe the occasion got to him. We got a couple of early scores and in, in, in you know in Camogie and in school Camogie, if you get a few scores early on it's inclined to dishearten the other team. But I mean just when you go back when you say about about um, playing in Nolan Park I couldn't get over we had a really tight game with Town in the semi-final and when the game was over it stuck in my mind the, the girls from Town came over and said to our girls well done girls and isn't it great for you to now you can play in Nolan Park and that just sums up what little girls think of Nolan Park There's a lot of girls never get the chance to play here so it's great for year girls especially in St. Anne's what's this going to do for the parish now having a win in the school's competition? Well it's just going to hopefully it'll um, you know we had a lot we had a, we had a big panel today but I mean we were down as far as third class and fourth class because we were tight in numbers so it, it'll give those girls great encouragement to keep playing and improve their skills Perfect well ciao well done on today and best of luck in, for the rest of the year Thanks Martin thanks very much Anya, you can hear his passion in his voice even uh, knowing that the girls just want to go and train and play camogie up there and as he said it's hopefully going to instil a bit of confidence and let the girls play I suppose and maybe push on the rest of the team up there. As we said, Emeralds are joined with St Anne's um, at intermediate level so you know if the school can push on and win competitions like that why can't the adult team there? Yeah, it's, it certainly is a starting block. You know, I'd say Cha must be involved in every underage team in St hands at this stage and you know it's it's great to see him doing it and it's great to see somebody who has such a love and such passion for the game getting involved in it and you know probably like an, a, like an icon that the girls looked up to, up to as well because he's a good character there wouldn't be like a stern thing about him no like no he, he's great yeah, he'd, be, he'd be a bit cracked on the line but sure who isn't he's a know? lovable rogue yeah, is the way you know I put and it and I'd say the girls like really like they really get on to him they really like him and you know if you have that enjoyment of going training and you have a person that's involved with you who's going to kind of bring a bit of fun and enjoyment to it. Of course, you're going to enjoy going training. Um, for St. Anne's to win at primary school, I think this is going to have a massive thing for them, especially if they're underage. You're looking at it from maybe 12s, 14s up along. These girls now have got the winning feeling. They're going to want to continue that. And, you know, it really is basically you're going back down to the grassroots, and that's where the primary schools is. So it's going to build, it's going to keep building for these girls. And, you know, in a couple of years' time, they're, they're going to be wanting to win and they're going to re- remember this day. Like, because, you know, to play in Nolan Park is a massive achievement for them all. It surely was. Moving along, then we had the Ryan. D final at half past 12 that pipped Tullahar versus Arlingford your old Alba Martyr above up there um, didn't go so well for the girls Tullahar got off to a great start um, they got a couple of uh, early goals as well but in fairness your girls came back um, and pushed into it it was probably maybe the last 10 to 15 minutes that Tullahar really pushed on um, and came away with the victory I know there was an awful lot of people in the stands and they were roaring out and looking for changes to be made etc as you know yourself all the so-called experts uh, um, and that that was there but I mean in fairness to Arlingford they did try um, their hardest it just wasn't to be their day but Tullahar just looked awesome yeah, Tullaher were really good yesterday. You know, the one thing I would say kind of from Tullaher compared to Erlingford yesterday, the girls were so tall. And like I was looking at some of the Emeralds girls and they were just so small. They really were. Um, but Tullaher, I think, you know, it's the quick succession of goals that they actually got at the start of the game and then pulled away towards the end of it as well. But to be fair to Erlingford, Erlingford came out in the second half. They thrown everything at them. Um, they had some really good performances in them as well. Like Elia Hearn came on there, number 22. My God, was she a tough piece of stuff. 
stuff. Talk she about just, a small package yeah, like exactly. she was brilliant. She got yeah. stuck in and who I thought did really, really well on the goal was Leila Ahern as well. Yep. She wasn't afraid to come off her line. I thought she did really, really well. Cyril Newman did very well. Kira Joyce is going to be a name for the future as well. You know, absolutely brilliant. Um, and Ava Burke as well, you know, had really, really good games. For Tullaher, I thought Derby Ryan was really, really good. Oh, she's exceptional. Yeah, I've done very, two very or three good. of their games already this year, like, and Paula's shaking her head because she knows all about Dervla as they beat uh, Freshford in the semi-final. Just, I presume gir- that the girls yesterday they're running off the ball and off the shoulder. Yeah. Yeah. They have it. And again, I do think the sevens game does stand to that type of play to actually be able to read for it. And I suppose at that age group it's really important that you have them that they go for the ball and commit to it. Mm. And that's one thing Tuller are well able to do. Yeah, no, it was a, an exceptional performance by Derville in particular um, up there. They had very good uh, players all around though Mayfield and had a, a captain's role to play back at centre back. She was very, very good. I thought Molly Ryan in the middle of the field with Isabella done an awful lot of work for such young girls. They were mm-hmm. well able to get up and down the field and give support in it um, and Rachel Murphy then at centre forward as well got a lot of ball passed it in but Derville really was the main threat for Tullahar yesterday Yeah absolutely she was outstanding to be fair to her you know I think it was a really good high standard of a game as well to be fair um, I just yeah do you know what it, it was really good to see and I suppose I kind of had this kind of an idea going into the, into the game that oh it's all going to be it's all going to be ground hurling they're going to be pulling on fresh air but it actually wasn't now, now, it, yeah. there was a few comments made that Paula wouldn't be happy with the road lifting that was done yesterday <laughs> but to be fair there, there was some unbelievable skill there and you know it was it was absolutely brilliant for Tullaher Ross Birkin um, obviously disappointed for my own former primary school I did actually go into the dressing room afterwards um, into the um, into the Erdingford dressing room afterwards because I just wanted to see Miss Cowie because she yeah, was yeah. my camogie trainer back when I was in Erdingford and um, I wanted to go in and do you know what that woman hasn't she has not aged a bit she is the same person and Shauna Hearn is there as well and you know just to walk in and their little faces and they're all crying and they were so upset and I was like oh god you know in years to come if they what have the disappointment say, yeah. that I'm going to have how are they going to deal with it but yeah do you know what it was really really good um, some excellent play there from both teams I saw you going down but I suppose for them looking into it like you have a winning All-Ireland captain you know from uh, 2016 you also have a, a manager that has been there to instil her words of wisdom I suppose to some of them girls like I mean some of them probably do look up to you in fairness I don't even know I, I to say only uh, a handful of them know well my neighbour did Ava because she was actually running out of the dressing room when I was going in and I was like get back in there now I'd say she was after sneaking off on, uh, sneaking off on them um, but yeah do you know what it was really good to go in I just wanted to kind of go in because I just felt like and I said this before the likes of Miss Mary Cowig and Henry O'Grady had a massive influence on me when I was in primary school and I just kind of wanted to kind of bring it back to them and just be like you know you've done so much for us and we, we still all appreciate the hard work that you do in the school because you know that was 2000 when I was in sixth class and you know 21 years later it's 22 amazing, years it's later it's amazing though how you remember yeah. those yeah 22 like, years later and she's still going there I can still remember ours went to a three-way tie in the league and it was Mullivat ourselves and St Bridget's mm. and like I mean that went to a three-way tie and we'd play a match on a Friday and then you were playing the county final on the following Monday. Like, I mean, I can still remember being in James's Park and Shane Mayne coming in. We were up by two points and she was going for a goal. And I can still see. And it stays with you. I remember winning the county final. That will stay with me probably longer than any of my other memories. Yeah. Mm. And that's, they're the things that they'll carry with them going forward. 
Well, as we say, it was a great day for the schools in Tullaher. 6-6-2-2. I spoke with Mikko Gorman um, after the game as well and I suppose I should give him a a little bit of stick that was a Wexford man training a Kenny team, playing in Nolan Park and winning a a final in it as well. Um, But I know Mick has great uh, passion um, and that down there. Um, And he did speak afterwards as well that they were actually going to be bringing in the trophy today and they had a lot of, you know, people of non-nationals that was going to the schools and that there you know that they might have a, a couple of refugees like from Syria etc um, uh, etc et so to bring in a trophy into them to show it might actually get them involved and bring them involved in the sport whether it be boys or girls or whatever and that would be great for the, the school as well but yeah 6-6 six, six to 2-2 two, two in favour of the Tullaher women yesterday which brought us on then to the Ryan B final that was the Ryan C final of course between uh, Tullaher and Orlingford am I right on that? I am um, yeah. yeah so Ryan B then has the Roar Steeg against Gordon and I thought myself that this was going to be a very closely fought game now the skill level in this for Ryan B was exceptional from both teams Um, but would you agree with me that the standout player on display in the B final was Mernon Kenny oh my god it was ridiculous it was absolutely ridiculous the stuff that she was doing she was picking out ball out of the air that you wouldn't see a senior hurler doing the points that she was picking off right over her shoulder it's like she had her eyes shut like it was absolutely I thought she was just exceptional who also stood out for me as well was Holly Clifford by God every ball that went down to that back she came out she busted it she actually reminded me an awful lot of Emer Ling from Roar Nishtig um, yeah. I don't know if they're any way related but like I feel like oh, I was kind of looking at her going oh my God it's basically like Emer Ling coming out in the red and green jersey and Emer was there yesterday yeah. actually supporting um, yeah. yeah, no, I thought Mirren was absolutely phenomenal. She is definitely a name that teams are going to be haunted by in the coming years because she is a serious, serious force to be reckoned with. And, and the fact she actually played with the under-14 development squads, which Paul and I will get to that later on as well, um, and had a great day with them. They won mm-hmm. uh, on Saturday in the Blitz in Port Leash and then to go out and put in a display like that for your school. Yeah. Uh, yeah, something special. Yeah, really, really good. Like, she was just she was just phenomenal. Do you know what? Roar and Stieg were really, really strong and, like, they didn't look like a typical primary school team if I'm being honest and I said it to Nessa was there with me yesterday looking at it and I just said to her I was like I'd hate to be coming up against this Rornish League team in a couple of years time because they're seriously strong every single one of them were well able to win the dirty ball they were constantly running off the shoulder they were popping pints from all over the place they had a serious um, serious um, puck on the ball as well which was really good to see like their skill level I thought was perhaps up from an awful lot of the other teams that were yeah. there that were there yesterday even compared to some of the A yeah, yeah. compared to the A game as well I thought Roar and Stieg were extremely strong Yeah exactly now we have to say the biggest cheer of the day probably came from one of the Gorn girls mm-hmm. and I couldn't actually see who it was Ye might have on the uh, they were over at the stand side where ye were in the press box but she caught a ball and she done a shimmy and a jink and done a pirouette away from two of the Roar girls and went off on a solo run down the sideline in Ardon Bernock and my god the cheer that went up for her as soon as she done that it was phenomenal and I couldn't actually catch the number that was on the back of the jersey um, but yeah unbelievable skill um, from both of those teams 
and great stars coming into the future so it bowls well for the two uh, clubs as well in Gordon and the Roar um, that everyone is going to be hopefully fighting for places in a couple of years time which brought us then to the Ryan E final which is uh, I suppose a bit strange that we had it um, there but the fact that it was St. Canis's B that was involved with St. John's in it and St. Canis's with the two teams it made sense to have the two teams playing back to back finals Unfortunately, it didn't go St. Canis's B's uh, way. And as long as I'm involved, and I hate saying it, we've never had a shutout in uh, a school final. But poor Can- St. Canis's B, as much and as hard as they tried, uh, St. John's were just phenomenal around the field and I'm not going to read out the scoreline in fairness to them um, it just it was a pretty one-sided affair um, to be fair to them but yeah St John's deserved their victory and I have to say they're probably the star of the show and I won't be able to pronounce her surname but the number 10 Julia Ademchik Chemchik uh, or Ademchik uh, sorry Julia uh, but yeah you were phenomenal yesterday um, and all things good uh, about St John's was true that girl herself she was uh, phenomenal yeah it was really good like um, St John's were very very strong yesterday you know I suppose yeah it's obviously very hard for St Canis's but I think what we have to remember as well St Canis's were there in a the county final by their own merit as well yes. so yeah they can you know they're obviously going to be disappointed who wouldn't be but they can be very very proud of the fact that they were in the county final in the first place there's a lot of other teams that would have given anything to be in that county final as well um, but you know what there's some really good players to come through there from, from both teams um, you know St. St John's are definitely you know a team that are going to be up in contention next year as well when they go up in their grade two and some fabulous fabulous players and it's actually uh, Claire Darmody from Freshford is involved yep. with uh, with St. John's I didn't realise that actually yesterday until I saw her I got a bit of a, yeah she was delighted I tipped him yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I covered myself in that one I, yeah I didn't realise that she was involved with them but yeah like you know there's some fantastic players and pr- predominantly I'd say a lot of them are Lachlan Gales I would imagine because it is in the parish yeah. but it it's a long time since St. John's have won Anything. 20 years yeah. I think is what she yeah. said yeah. Yeah. it's a long time yeah. and like I mean there's a lot of work being done there to keep them playing and to keep them going so like I mean I think that's brilliant yeah and I think is it Shane Campion or Stephen Campion I might Shane, have his name yeah. Shane um a village hurler you know another great amount of experience we've put in there and sure Claire was part of the, the Freshford squads as well so you know some massive experience to be bringing into a school there and you can see exactly why they're having that success well, I think I their know. captain was actually injured Eva Kinchla yeah uh, yeah, she yeah, was injured she didn't get injured. to play to play the match yesterday but her and her sister lifted the cup at the end of the day they did and I think actually you caught up with Claire after the game and I hope this piece of audio is going to be the correct one uh, if it's not I apologise but let's see if this is clear that you caught up with after that game. I'm joined by Claire Darmody from St John's School after their success in the Ryan E Schools final. Claire, great with the school. Absolutely. It's um, 20 years since I last stood here with a primary schools team. Um, I was here myself and we won that day too. So it's absolutely great to be able to recreate that performance today and come out with a win. Delighted. Yeah, really good. There's some really good scores taken by all the players there. Great to see such a massive amount of players involved in the school as well. Yeah, we're looking at John's to be able to be involved with John's Well National School as well. So we have a good pool of players coming in from there, which does help our school team greatly. And of course, most of them now play with O'Loughlin's, so that's a great benefit to us too. We were unfortunate to lose one of our very strong players, actually our joint captain, yeah. Eve Kinchla, uh, Friday. Uh, while on the school tour but 
the person who replaced her, little girl in fourth class, absolutely brilliant. All the girls performed to the best of their ability. That's really good. And I suppose like a day like today to have five county finals for Camogie girls to play in Nolan Park, this is a big scene for them all. Absolutely. I said to the girls beforehand, some of them may not see a day in Nolan Park again. So it's so Okay, I'm going to stop that there because it just did get a small little bit windy there um, at the end with it. But you can certainly uh, hear the delight that was on Claire's, uh, inner Claire's voice, I should say as well. Plus the fact, uh, I think John's well was actually part of uh, St. John's team as well, which wouldn't normally have happened as far as I can recall, Mm -hmm. going back a while as well. So it was great to see um, the two schools, you know, amalgamating, coming together um, and giving all of the girls the chance to play uh, in a final as well. But on St. Canis's B team, I suppose we have to say you're dead right that were there on merit. But there was 23 of those girls that if they hadn't to be a B team for mm-hmm. them girls, they probably would have got no game time uh, of any sort playing with the A team that got to the uh, final, which we're going to discuss shortly as well. So it was great facts that they were able to get to play a final in Nolan Park themselves. Yeah, and you know what? I think it's really good that the school actually used their initiative to enter two teams instead of having that, the drought of having a load of girls sitting on the sideline which is really good to see and it shows that the school is trying to promote Camogie to the best of their ability and they're trying to include everyone so no matter what level that you're at that there's going to be a team there for you to play with. You know when you have 23 girls on one team and I think they had 18 on their A team as well it's it's phenomenal numbers and that's only going to increase in the coming years in St. Canis's because you know the, the amount of houses that are going up around that area anyway they're obviously going to you know it's one of the main schools at that side of the town so you're going to see Canis is going to be growing and growing and there's definitely you know a lot of Camogie players going to come out of that school Well they certainly are considering they were playing in the A final mm-hmm. as well against Bunce, Gull, Macaulay, Reach, and we had <coughs> dipped to be one of probably the best games of the day it didn't turn out to be the B final actually came to be the best game of the day but uh, a great win for St. Canis's A over Bunce, Gull, Macaulay, Reach. a bit like uh, Conaghy earlier on I don't know whether the occasion got to some of the girls or not because from what I believe you know Bunce, Gull, Macaulay, Reach had an outstanding team this year now I have to say I'd done the Shield final between Piltown and Galeskull last Thursday evening and how the two of them didn't actually get to the final compared to what I saw in the, the A final itself really stuck with me like the, the, the semi-finals must have been two outstanding games like for them two teams not to get to it but a great win for Canis's A and the other thing you've taken account as Claire mentioned in her interview you don't know what school tours or trips were on during the week yeah. you get to the end of the season they're young girls they're probably shattered tired yeah. um, I usually find after a school trip it usually takes about three or four days for them to resurrect themselves back to some form normality stage if you know what I mean so all of those factors come into play and also it's a big occasion it's a big day and do you know what the one thing I would say that team will definitely bounce back that that John Knox definitely out there Skull Macaulay Reach is definitely they will definitely be back again yeah, they certainly will. On you, some good, very good displays uh, on show. And we know that uh, you even mentioned it to me as well. I mean, Ewan Mertoyne and a lot of the Dixborough mm-hmm. girls. And she had another young one playing with him yesterday, uh, Eva. And you'd know very well. And I mean this in the most respectful way <laughs> to Emer. You'd know she was a Tynan in every way that she played. The same stature, the same characteristics as Mammy. Uh, but yeah, and I know Emer was in the stand as well, like a bag of nerves, probably. 
probably uh, looking at her but a great day and I suppose for Dixborough as well to have a lot of the girls that would be involved in St. Canis's as we said the future is bright for all of them girls Yeah it certainly is you know there were some exceptional players there I thought Jenna Trace at number two was absolutely phenomenal yesterday everything that came down to her she just came out and she cleared it with ease um, Eva Tynan as well Emma Hogan got a goal and a point there from, from wing back um, you know you had Leah Fogg she did very well like all round I just felt like St. Canis is just they were really really classy hurlers and you know that these girls are playing together at club level as well which is really good to see but for Bull Skull Macaulay Reed Robin Corcoran was just absolutely fantastic she is a serious serious camogie player she has some engine on her she was more or less playing in around the middle of the field but everything that kind of came for um for Bone Skull Macaulay Reach literally came through her like her free taking was excellent I know there was at one stage yesterday she there was a 35 and she took it twice she took it and went low and then just decided after the third time you know enough's enough put it over the bar but yes she's just some really really good play there you know a really good a really good A final but you're you know you're dead right Martin the B final for me as well was definitely it was probably the game of the day I think it certainly was well it was a great day overall the five finals to be played as we said it was shattering on all of us that was trying to run the day but it ran like clockwork fair play to all of the schools the teachers everyone involved into it and to KCLR for coming on board as well and I think everyone enjoyed the day and to have Scoreline doing a live broadcast um, from the venue as well really added to the occasion and if anything was to go by we certainly look forward to next year's competitions um, and even progressing it a small little bit more moving along then from schools competitions to the Fela the John West Fela competition takes place this weekend uh, and for the very first time in their history Wine Gap uh, Kmogi won the competition in Kilkenny and uh, had the chance to represent <coughs> Kilkenny at the weekend in the Division 1 final they are in a group with Kilidi Athenroy and Kilmele and on the opposite side of the group Kilmacook Croaks uh, Bohar Lahan Duala. I hope I'm pronouncing that right on you I'm not right Borlahan Duala. well it's spelled to other ways but anyway thank you Aira Og and Glyn Barntown of Wexford Wine Gap is going with all guns blazing and I'm hoping when I push this button that I am going to be joined on the line by Kenny O'Shea who's away on holidays and preparing himself for a lovely weekend he's certainly going to be back before Saturday Kenny are you there and can you hear me I'm here, Martin. How are you? I Hi, couldn't Anya. be better. Hi, how are you? Um, so, as we said, it's a great day for the parish, uh, bringing yourselves forward to represent Kilkenny in the Division 1 uh, competition at the weekend. I suppose uh, you've had a bit of fundraising going forward to it, but overall, yourselves and the girls are all ready to go for the weekend. Yes, absolutely. I mean, as you mentioned, it's an absolutely fantastic achievement for Wingup Camogie Club to actually win Division 1 Fela in Kilkenny. Um, obviously never been done before, so there's great excitement. Um, we had a, a big Fela breakfast there at the weekend and we had a couple of hundred people turn out, which is fantastic. So the support has been amazing um, by loads of people locally and especially Connor Colton who's, and family. and uh, They're talking out the whole uh, panel with some great outfits so we'll look the part anyway but uh, that's that's the least of the, the team's concerns let's say Yeah and I suppose the fact that Dixborough was the last team to win a Division 1 final um, 
in Kilkenny, you know, you're going with, uh, I suppose, a little bit of expectations that you're going to do well. The two teams qualify out of the group. And as I said, you have uh, Kilidi, Athenroy and Kilmele. Um, so, you know, you'd be aiming maybe to, to win the group or even to come uh, second in the group to qualify then for the semi-final stages. Yeah, look, absolutely. I mean, we're under no illusions. The thing is, with Division 1, you're there with the county champions. If you look at the eight of them, you're looking at Galway, Cork, Tipperary. You've got Clare and Limerick then in our side with Khalidi and Kilmali. I mean, uh, knowing this bunch of girls and what they've been through with the last number of years, a challenge matches an All-Ireland final to them. So a Shield semi-final won't be any good to them. They'll be going all out, guns blazing, uh, to, to get at least one of the top two places. So that we're in the cup semi-finals later in the day yeah well it's certainly going to be a great uh, occasion for yourselves um, you know you're going up I think all the games are on in the uh, the National Games Development Centre in Abbottstown and they're all down for Saturday am I right in saying that? Yeah it's a little bit changed it's, it's all down on Saturday we're in Abbottstown for the day I think the first throw in is 11am um, the format is a little bit different as well you have 12 minutes aside matches rather than the normal 15 and it's all run over one day rather than two days um, it'll be interesting because it's, it, it, it's, it's a lot of going um, for, for the girls I mean there is a break between them um, but you're guaranteed four matches 12 minutes aside and if you're lucky enough to get to a final then you have an extra one um, the, the, there is the, the normal rules then for the substitutions as well where you have to make two after ten minutes um, and then five minutes into the second half you have to make another two substitutions um, so it, it, it really is a, a, a whole panel that you have to work with. Um, we're, we're lucky enough with this group of girls. We we do have a panel of 23 now. We'll have 21 on the day. Um, but, you know, uh, for a country club, we're lucky. We have probably have about nine under 15 girls, um, which is rare for us to have. So, you know, we, we've been blessed with some good camogie players in wind up down through the years and representing the, the Kilkenny senior team. But as I say to this bunch of girls, you know, it, it takes a full team and panel to win a, a sale in Kilkenny and that's what they've done through no small bit of luck. Uh, I mean, they're a, a fantastic bunch. Time and time again, they've shown us that they're never beaten uh, and they'll always give everything right to the final whistle. Um, it's no small combination of skill. It, it, it's skill and determination that gets these girls over the line and they proved that with the fail of qualifiers in Kilkenny um, where we beat the two teams that were in the under-14 Ryan A County final final last year um, and then overcame a very strong James Ford team in the actual Thaler final so I mean the, the girls have, have done themselves very proud to come out to Kilkenny um, but I know they're not happy with that and as a manager as you can manage and you want to win everything you enter so we're going up to do the absolute very best that we can and I know these girls w- will be not found wanting on the day and in, in all three group matches they'll go and give absolutely everything and, and try and get into them cup semi-finals Well I suppose it was great to come out of the county but bonus territory now going forward in the the FAILA competition itself proper at national level it's the All-Ireland FAILA competition obviously um, and I suppose going in as the underdog Kenny you have nothing to lose just to give us everything that you have which I know
know that you will do you'll represent Kilkenny very very well and we all wish you the very best of luck and we'll be keeping an eye on how things are going throughout the day um, and sure even Michael above in Wine Gap uh, might keep us informed of how things are going because I know we'll be broadcasting live on Saturday as well um, and we might be able to put out the results and keep everyone updated of how you're getting on as well so you might get them to do that for me Absolutely, will do. Thank you for your support. Perfect. That was indeed Kenny O'Shea, the manager of the Wine Gap team that's going forward to represent Kilkenny at uh, the FAILA finals at the weekend. And we wish him and Wine Gap all the very best of luck. Paula, moving on to development. It was a busy day for our under 14 development squads. We're taking part in the Leinster Blitz at uh, the weekend on Saturday in Port Leash. Three teams getting to the final and three cups coming home you can't do much better than that can't do much better than that great work being done and the interesting thing is the dynamic of the panels I think in between the three different panels that there's 17 or 18 clubs represented on each panel so there's quite a spread of players around there so like I mean great work being done by Brian and all his uh, Brian Donny from Tullerone and all the rest of the mentors there and I suppose it's about participation and that's the important thing and keeping players playing and I suppose the good thing about these blitzes is that you have to use your subs very similar to failure you have to roll people in and out and everybody has to be guaranteed a minimum amount of game time and that's really important as well um, and again look after bringing home three cups it's a good day's work in anybody's eyes and I suppose moving forward slightly different structure to prior to COVID um, I think the, there's blitzes per se that are organised by different counties but then you have your Leinster and All-Ireland Blitz and they're the two yeah. key ones so that's I think is the All-Ireland Blitz on the Saturday before the it's on the Saturday before Saturday the 6th yeah, yeah. yeah and that is always lads a brilliant day a brilliant team. It is because I think the parade is also back during the, the finals as well now. That will that Logistically, is, yeah, as far as I know now that's going to be coming back into it which is a great spectacle to that, be watching. Not even expect it to be part of it. It is just surreal. The, the, like I mean, for the players themselves and the mentors, you're down on the pitch and all the crowds around and they're all cheering and it's as close as they're going to get to get to that feeling of playing in an all For the time being anyway. like being. yeah, They will play their something. Oh, of course they will. But it was just, it's just brilliant. It's, 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 it's a great... And that bunch, I, I think it's the fact that you can have such an impact on players and that you can sort of get them and you're bringing back those skills to the clubs and that's the really important thing from that perspective Yeah and just to give the results the Division 1 Cup which would be our Amber team mm. um, played Wexford in the final and they won a 3-8 to 1-3 uh, against Wexford so won it fairly comprehensively like you know it wasn't um, anyway close from what the result would prove anyway the black team then was obviously playing in the Division 2 Cup they came up against Leash uh, and they won 3-2 to 1-4 so a bit more more keenly contested in that one and then the Battle of the Neighbourton Counties the Stripe team was playing Carlow's Red team uh, in the Division 3 Cup and the Stripey women came away obviously with the victory in that 3-6 to 1-3 but it wasn't all bad for Carlow over the weekend as we will get to very shortly indeed when we get to it but yeah any news on the uh, the rest of the development anything coming up uh, shortly Now Saturday is the start of our Under 13 Development Academy right and the idea behind Behind this is to bring in as all girls that are 13 year olds it's not a, a picking of a county panel or anything like that it's about bringing girls in and letting them experience about different coaches and also coaches are allowed to come in as well so starting on Saturday morning we just have to confirm times and dates later on tonight so they'll be going out to all the club secretaries so the idea is, is that you're transferring knowledge not only to the players but you're also transferring it over to coaches as well and it'll go back 
to the clubs. They're, it's open only to girls born in 2009. Um, okay. And the reason is that like people have rang and say, oh, we've got a good 12 year old kid. It's not about being a good 12 year old. It's about bringing girls in and working with them and going through because yeah, as you all know, coaching drills are changing all the time. Yeah, and there's yeah. different things. And the idea is, is that it benefits not only the idea that the development could you have in mind is that if you have strong clubs, you're going to have strong county teams. And that's what we have to do. And that's to get everybody up and bring up the standard across the board because there's brilliant work being done, but it's just to give clubs a bit more support. Yeah. And just for anyone that is listening to this, our podcast goes out on a Tuesday. It's recorded on a Monday. So just in case that you're listening to us now, the details will probably be with the count or the club secretaries uh, as we're talking. So make sure you get in contact with the secretaries if you haven't been told about it already. Um, and, and if get you can't involved. make Saturday, it's not a problem. We're doing one session a month over the next four months so they can come in then at later dates with her because people with holidays and everything yeah, yeah. like that. Yeah. But at the moment, the uptake is very high. So it's a great, great. initiative great. so yeah, yeah. It, it, it's brilliant um, in all fairness and Ta- also Martin if there's yep. any coaches that would like to get involved feel free to contact any of us that are on the executive or anybody that's involved the more people that want to come and help out the better it's great yeah and they will get you your details are available on Kilkenny Camogie website probably best through email address um, and as the fella says you always reply back to him anyway eventually I'll get there we'll get there in fairness talking about great initiatives um, before we get on to the senior and intermediate another great initiative that was launched recently was the Female Referee Academy programme now I suppose the fact that we had games on in Nolan Park yesterday the A final was refereed by Liz Dempsey who done the All-Ireland final last year she's the only top flight referee in the whole of Ireland currently that's female refereeing Camogie games uh, and Kira Murphy was the other referee that was in it now Kira done a fantastic job <coughs> on the game yesterday and I have been watching Kira and getting her involved in her refereeing career um, throughout the last number of years and I'm delighted to actually see her doing so well we don't normally get to speak with the referees after a game but the fact that Kira actually played in a school's final herself in Nolan Park and then yesterday was a referee at one of the finals as well I couldn't but not take the chance of speaking with Kira and she's going to hopefully be part of this new referee academy that's going to develop re- female referees um, with mentoring um, and bringing them forward and getting more female referees refereeing the sport of camogie. And hopefully one day we'll see Kira in Crow Park. But this is Kira. What had what Kira had to say to me after yesterday's school final? Kira Murphy, you're the only second female referee in the whole of the county refereeing camogie games, and you've just finished a primary school final here in UPMC in Nolan Park today. How was it like being out in the middle there? Yeah, I think it was great to get the opportunity, I suppose, to actually officiate a primary school's county final because I think it's a super competition. Do you know, that's where Camogie really starts for a lot of kids is in the primary school. So I think it was great to be able to give something back and great to facilitate the game today. Well, your mum is usually on the sideline involved in St. Aidan's for many a year here on the sideline as well. So it's a bit strange to see you out in the middle of the field officiating. But did you ever play in a school final here yourself? Yeah, I did. I was actually fortunate enough. We won our school's county final when I was in sixth class and it's something that lives with me still um, like the girls that are on the team and you know you go to school with them for eight years and then you'll go your separate ways but yeah I know I was fortunate enough to win our county final when I was in sixth class So tell me which would you rather be now playing now or out refereeing? Oh I don't think anything will take back that day that we I think you were refereeing it Martin actually um, the year we won it but no nothing will take back that day I think it's a super memory and I know it'll mean so much for all these girls here to have that primary school's medal and to have taken part in 
in the day yeah well obviously I've never played in a schools final here but I have done several county fire schools finals as well refereeing them there's nothing being like in the middle of it especially when you're watching a great game albeit the game you had was probably a bit one sided but you still have to keep your wits about you your concentration and the whole lot and you've done a fine job on it and I suppose the fact that you are only the second female referee we'd love to see a few more of them taking up the whistle and joining because you're still playing Camogie yourself with Tolerone but you still do the job of the refereeing as well yeah I think it's great like I think a lot of people are turned off by you know they're just a bit nervous about it but like I would definitely encourage more people to get involved like once you build up a bit of confidence it just kind of comes naturally and like the great opportunity there to start with underage games and then you build your confidence up but no I do because I love to give something back like when I was playing like underage you know it was always there was a man in the middle of the field and there was never a lady I think when I was underage Orla McCormack used to do a bit of refereeing and I just remember her as being the only girl I had never really ever seen and then Liz came on the scene but yeah no I think it's great and I, I think before girls kind of got used to it they'd see me coming and they'd be like oh my god there's a girl like you know that they were so shocked and surprised by it but now I think it's just kind of a bit more approachable especially for smaller kids you know a familiar kind of a female I don't know I think it might be a bit easier for them Joe if they got an injury or something yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. so no I, I love doing it I know you're still playing as I said earlier think here Murphy in the future right what's the ambition is your ambition to follow in Liz's footsteps and one day get to the hallowed turf of Crow Park and referee an All-Ireland final whether it be junior intermediate or senior is that the plan in a couple of years when you decide to hang up the, the hurl yeah I think that's that's the dream I suppose to actually be up there like Liz you know Liz has really like set the bar so high for all of us and shown I suppose what you can do when you stick with it and like you know when you are good at doing it um, but yeah no that would be the dream I suppose to actually get to officiate in Crow Park it's one thing getting to play but then the officiating is the whole other side of it so yeah yeah you never know hopefully in a couple of years time or when I exactly when I finish actually playing it'd be a super thing to get to do and you have actually played because you played in the All-Ireland final last year in Crow Park yeah no I was fortunate enough to be part of the squad last year unfortunately things didn't go our way on the day but I suppose the aim is to get to get back there now I suppose like it was such a, an honour I was there in 2016 as well but unfortunately I wasn't playing that year but to actually get to play it's just a whole completely different experience as well so I suppose that's, that's the goal and that's the motivation to try to get back there again this year and have another go at it and it's great because we don't often get to speak with the referees after a game but it's great to be able to speak with you and especially the fact that the female academy has been launched now by Crow Park as well that'll give hopefully young girls a chance that maybe some girls have been injured or they can't play anymore for whatever reason that they might take up the whistle and follow the pathway along as you say and one day as well aspire to get to Crow Park Yeah I think the academy is a great idea because you know it gives the opportunity for training because that's maybe something that you know mightn't have been there you know it might come around once every year once every two years and you know the dates mightn't suit certain people but I think the academy is great there's great structure I've actually signed up to go in as kind of an experienced kind of referee to go in because the option is there for both you know if you've done a small bit or if you're only starting from scratch Um, and I think it's a great like you know you'll be learning from the best and fair play for organising something and trying to promote and recruit female referees you never know you could have me assessing you one day in Crow Park (laughs) I never know if that would be the day Martin (laughs) anyway it's great to have a female out there you've done a fantastic job on it and we certainly wish you the very best of luck in the rest of your playing career because it's still a few years to go yet and then in the refereeing career later thanks very much Martin yeah it certainly was a pleasure to catch up with uh, Kira Murphy um, a perfect example of such 
a lady and I would call her a lady because she's so well spoken lovely to chat to Anya you know an awful lot about Kira. you play with her you've managed her um, you know you've seen her refereeing she's done a fantastic game on the school's final yesterday she's brilliant with the kids um, you know and everybody loves uh, to have Kira out refereeing it because she's so approachable you know she's so nice refereeing the games when she gives a free she's nearly so apologetic at that age she explains so. it to yeah. the man yeah. and, and she's why. fair and that's the thing she's very fair and she'll always explain like she's refereed a good few of our matches with Andre Shevel and she'll explain to him and say look and explain to him why and, and what they need to do mm-hmm. and actually one girl I remember one day I don't know somebody was putting the hurl in the wrong up too high and she told her to reposition I showed, him how to, showed them how to reposition the hurl so like I mean that's all you want Yeah, yeah. Fair, fair play from any referee and, and somebody who's been genuine about it you know not all referees are of course Yeah. well I was talking to Sinead earlier and I said the same thing the t- uptake of refereeing from even past players in Camogie and GAA is not great where you look at rugby there's an awful lot of the past players will actually take up um, the refereeing as well you know why is it that there's not much of an uptake now I know there's abuse that can come into it as well and that but I mean the sport it's it's brilliant to watch I mean apart from one incident yesterday at the schools game everything went off without a hitch everyone enjoyed it nobody was talking uh, about any of the referees like so you know it is an enjoyable thing to get involved in it and I know I've been probably bullish a small little bit and even joking with Anya to know when she hangs up the boost like is she going to take it up she's shaking her head at me every time no but don't re- be looking over here because I don't have time for it at the moment <laughs> thanks there now I can't fit that in I know but the reality is we do need more referees and we do need more female referees referees to be doing it as well. Do you know what? I, I, I see that blitzes, right? We have, you know, they have your goal game blitzes or whatever and we try to encourage our under 16s or minors to do those refereeing bits for those those blitzes, right? But I do think it is that parents as well on the sideline have to be very careful as to what they say. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would, I'm not going to say when this blitz is, but I remember one specific blitz that we were at and somebody made a smart comment very loud to make sure that the young girl heard it in the middle of the pitch. And it was getting aggro. So, like, we'd always have one of our mentors sort of watching the pitch. So straight away I stepped in. I said, sorry, I said, this is a young girl that's obliging us by refereeing this game. And I said, if you're going to say something nasty, I said, you really should not be on the sideline. And that was the end of it. But you do have to be very... Because you're trying to encourage girls to do refereeing in the club. But again, parents have to be very mindful. Like, I mean, it's all well and good being critical of a young girl that's out there in the pitch. Would you do it? I do. I know you do, but I mean, would they do it? Like, I mean, would they? That's it. And just to reiterate that, Paula, you're stressing young girl. And I think that's what a lot of people forget about, you know, the person in the middle and in particular in that occasion. They are young girls. Like, it's the the likes of your girls, Michelle, whoever, Abby, like it's those girls that are doing it. And they are young girls and they shouldn't have to be dealing with they shouldn't have to have anything said to them as you said they're doing a favour oh they don't they have no like and like the thing is parents have to realise these are goal games it's about participation it's about being involved it's about giving girls time on the pitch and like I mean seriously I and we all like I love to win as as much as the next person but it's more important to keep girls involved and playing camogie. And like, I mean, uh, that's that's where parents need to stop living their hurling and camogie dreams through their children. Yeah. The Referee Academy, Anya, great initiative. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know that the, the Peter Downey Academy has obviously been there um, and we've got three All-Ireland referees out of it that I can make out from the one that started originally uh, and that was Jenny Burnham and Cassidy and Ray Kelly um, that came out of that uh, academy. You know, so I suppose this is now a new process to get 
uh, female referees from each county to nourish them, nurture them, develop them, bring them along, you know, mentor them not only in the rules of Camogie, but I suppose on how to referee, maybe how to deal with difficult people. Um, and I know I was talking to Owen Elliott uh, there a couple of weeks ago as well for the documentary that i done for college. And he said a lot of the abuse that referees get will probably come down to two things that if they can master that they won't get the abuse. Now Kira is a prime example of one of them as you said already she explains the freeze but if Kira knows the rules inside out and she's explaining the rules to a player they're probably not going to argue much with you they might to a certain degree not agree with a decision but if they know what the free is for they will rarely argue with you I know herself is pointing over at Anya but in fairness I never had an ounce of trouble from Anya when I was refereeing on the field now I have to say the other thing then obviously what Owen was saying is that if all of the referees are open to play they're able to see all of the infractions that's going on you know you're very more unlikely then to be getting shouting because people are seeing well actually okay he did see it or you know if you're 60 70 yards behind it and you're blowing a whistle and you're making up a decision or whatever then you're going to get uh, shouts and all in it but we do need to have I mean it is camogie it is a female sport and we do need to have more top female referees in the place because I mean only having one female referee at all Ireland level at senior level in Ireland at this minute I think is an absolute disgrace. Yeah, it's disappointing, all right. And, you know, just to go back to, to Kira, I suppose, you know, knowing Kira, I think, you know, she has, she's she's got the perfect head for, for Camogie, like for to be a Camogie referee. Like she's very, very level-headed herself anyway. Um, but she's very, like Kira's the type of person that, you know, when she's playing, when she's playing a Camogie match, if she does, if she fouls the ball, she'll be like, okay, what was that for? Like she's always constantly wanting to learn. So she's actually kind of, you know, giving that back then when she's refereeing games as well. And, you know, she's the type of girl that if somebody says something to her she's able to just let it go whereas I know if somebody said something to me I'd be like here Paula take the whistle off me I'm gone I'm walking off the field <laughs> you know that's what, I'd hap- that's what would happen to me but you know Kira is very very level headed in that way and it's great to see her doing so well in it and I believe that she is a very very good referee she is I, I can understand why people don't want to get involved in it I, and I'm not going to lie it would be my worst nightmare. I would have a serious fear of being involved in it. And I think, you know, maybe a lot of that has to go down, does have to do with the, the promotion. The was it Not the promotion, but the negativity that has come across from referees over the last couple of years. And nobody could be blamed for actually thinking that. But I do think that this new, that this new development, that this new programme is going to be really, really good. This new initiative, I think it is going to promote the game and I think it's going to promote female referees because it's disappointing that there is only one, you know, a female referee there to, at All Ireland level. Like, you know, it'd be great to have a day where you're going to have three female referees and have a full, you know, female um, officiating team there as well. It would be absolutely brilliant to see, you know, I suppose, and like that's the plan in the end. So it is a really good initiative and hopefully people will get involved in it, but it won't be me. Which, well, that's a pity. <laughs> you never know, never say never because you develop a thick skin over the years. Like, I mean, I've been at it now 25 odd years. You can develop so much of a thick skin. I didn't when I started out originally first and I was probably the greatest prick when it comes to being a referee. Like, if someone got on to me, like, I was going to give you, hound you and the whole lot and I still probably do to a certain degree if you really go to town altogether, like, and you look, start getting look, personal, etc. Yeah, but if you make personal you're going to react personally the biggest yeah. thing with the referee I think is that you have to have the right headspace for it yeah. 
like I mean it's like a match if you go out into the match and you're not in the right headspace things are going to go wrong for you and like I mean all you want off of as a player or as a, a mentor of any team is that I like it when a ref comes over and just has a word with the team beforehand and just sets the sets the tone and sets mm-hmm. as I say it's like the ground rules we know what the rules are but the ground rules like I mean if I give you a free don't give me a back chat because it's not going to work against you we all know that but it doesn't do any harm to reiterate that to players and just to you know make sure they're clear on things and if you're not sure as to why I've given you free ask it and Ray Kelly does do that a lot he'll come over and have a chat with teams and explain things to them do you know that kind of thing Which yeah I, I don't know about chatting to teams I mean, it's only is it like it's only two or three no I, I, I know that but my take on that is you relay the message to the captain when they come well, up well I mean the captain the sorry Mark, yeah. or whatever that's what I mean by yeah, that yeah no because I, I don't like to see referees over in the middle of teams beforehand and okay, some no. people do and you know and he's trying to explain the, I, like you said you know don't want any back chat etc etc but I think if you go through with the captain the only thing I would say about the captain is do they actually bring back what the referee is telling them because I mean I have had this now I know you can go down to levels uh, and jewellery is becoming a big no-no with me at the minute like I mean oh, don't. Don't the, get me the amount of people that's actually but you tell the captains and even the mentors at the start of the game that you're not allowed to wear jewellery in a game to please remove it and the next thing you come along and you're looking at someone and their studs shining with the sun baiting in on them and you just told them 20 minutes ago to take them out and they're still wearing them when they come out in the field it is it's dangerous like and you know I suppose that's kind of a rule that we've we're all it has been bet into us for so long now I know I did have this argument with you yesterday about my Fitbit yeah that's was, not allowed I know and I know we had the, the laughing joke that it was a health and safety measure that if my heart rate went over a certain amount I had to come off I the know, field yeah. uh, but you know you're dead right in it like if a girl God forbid got a clip in the ear and she was wearing an earring and it could actually just pull her whole, whole ear could, yeah. uh, out you know it is very dangerous or if she's wearing a ring or a chase, she God forbid if she was wearing a chain and the herd got caught in it it could choke her or anything like that you know so it's the small things that you know the players can actually control themselves that they know and that they've been told from when they were starting out jewellery is a no-no like to be fair like you shouldn't really be coming to training or playing matches with a load of rings or watches or chains or whatever the case may be and you know they're not telling you to take them off by any means like if you want to put a bandage around them you can that's fine if you can't take them off if they're stuck they have to come out plain and simple like there's a lot of bars that obviously you can't take out because they're there etc but yeah they have to be covered but the amount of people that you tell them no jewellery make sure there's no jewellery on and the next thing you're looking 10 to 15 minutes into a game and someone is wearing jewellery and I'm like, I geez, didn't I just tell you like a, a short time ago to get rid of him? <laughs> yeah, to, don't. Yeah. It's it's uh, you're blue in the face from telling girls, you know. Blue in the face of a lot of things lately with telling people and they don't pass on information. But that is for another day. It's certainly not for here anyway because we'll be here all night if we were to do that. But the academy, a great initiative, um, going forward uh, and even for the top flight referees. Um, I know there is uh, a new referee strategy that's after coming out and there's a load of new plans in it um, and I was only barely going through it today so we're not going to discuss that but we will do it in depth later on at a time and get um, a couple of referee 
please in including Liz if we can and a couple more uh, of the top brass as well um, I'd be hoping maybe to get Jenny Byrne in who's the Secretary of the Referees Committee as well just to discuss things and what mm-hmm. the Camogie Association is looking for going forward with refereeing and how they're going to develop refereeing etc but yeah Kier Murphy is a great talent I have to say and uh, looking forward to her progress and hopefully one day getting to Crow Park not as a player as she did last year but as uh, an official as well in that which brings us to Crow Park obviously the Glen Dimplex All-Ireland series is still going ahead in the senior level I, yeah how do we get to this now without um, I'm just going to leave now okay mm, I, I think yeah. I too I mean in fairness to you, you know you're normally pretty spot on when it comes to predictions over the weekend but mother of God, last weekend, like, you know, uh, uh, it was terrible. Anyway, we'll get to Clare and Dublin first. One of you was happy anyway because... Or none of you was happy no. because... No, but um, I, did, I did home and haul a lot. I said they wouldn't make it easy. No, but you didn't say it was going to be a draw either. And you eventually went for Clare and on you went for Dublin. And we the both two, won technically. The two, the two, the two didn't win each. at all. The, it ended in a draw anyway, 1-9 apiece. Um, so, you know... Would either team be happy with that result? Um, I think Clare will be happy with that result. Um, I think Dublin will... Still isn't bottom of the table though. Yeah, I know. But, you know, considering, you know, if you're to be the happier two coming out of it and there's, you know, there's a point to get from it, they'll be happy to take that point. I think that's um, a game that Dublin could potentially see them, like, you know, it's, it's it, they're going to be looking back at that with a lot of regret, I think. And I suppose they're going into the last game against Wexford where they do need a, they do need a win and you know what if Tip were to beat Cork and Wexford were to beat Dublin Dublin are gone well Cork are true whatever are happens true. anyway Cork mm-hmm. is true to the All-Ireland semi-finals it's a toss up at the minute then obviously uh, Cork beat Waterford um, at the weekend it was close enough though I mean we might as well keep talking about them all when we're at it and mm-hmm. then get to the table um, you know if you were Cork you might be happy you're, you're in a semi-final but Waterford will probably be disappointed because you know it was even enough I think at half time it was 6 points to 4 I think at half time um, only 2 points in it mm-hmm. Waterford are Coming a difficult team to beat and currently they are sitting second place in the table yeah I think Waterford are doing very very well I'm not going to lie I possibly had them wrote off after their first day out um, their defeat and I know I keep mentioning that but I, I genuinely did um, I know Paula had said last week that if there's any team going to top anyone uh, with the Daisha County when they're down at the moment that they could be they could do it and you know what they nearly got it, got it with Cork I suppose Cork's experience probably prevailed at the end of the day uh, but other than that like I think yeah Waterford probably disappointed obviously that they didn't get the victory but I think they can be quietly confident knowing that they have literally got one foot in the door of an All-Ireland quarterfinal at the moment It seems Derek Lyons has probably learned more from the defeat to Dublin mm-hmm. um, than he might have with any challenge games or any game during the league because they've turned the tide since yeah. that game and have done pretty well you know and I suppose they only have themselves to beat now really when it comes to the uh, the knockout stages and qualifying for it which we're going to get to shortly the last game in that group was Wexford against Tipperary and uh, Tipperary proved ye all wrong because he thought Wexford had the momentum going into it ye both decided that Wexford was going to win this game albeit it was very close there was only a point in it in the end Wexford won 11 Tipperary 15 points but Tipperary did win the game and it uh, it puts him into a qualifying position just slightly behind Dublin now at the minute 
Yeah, I'm not even commenting on it. <laughs> Ah, look, look, it's great for Tipperary. They need it's it. Brilliant. They yeah. did need mm-hmm. that win, you know. And, and like with such a proud Camogie tradition, you want to see them doing well. And they need, as a county, to do well. But the next round is going to throw the cat among the, the next round is going to throw the cat amongst the pigeons, big time. It's mm-hmm. going to be. Um, it's a must-win game for Tip. They I'm, have just, to. I'm just going through permutations here in my own head and I'm looking at right if tip win that brings them up to seven points yep. no eight no. it's three eight. points oh, for three, a win sorry, yep. eight right uh, imagine if Clare bit Waterford because yeah. Sinclair that would bring him to five right and then Jesus I nearly have to get me pen out Dublin, now with all the permutations Dublin Wexford or vice versa and Wexford beat Dublin you could have, if as, at, at the moment, Cork are the only team that are guaranteed to get through. The only thing that's guaranteed is if Waterford be clear, Waterford is definitely going to go second. Mm-hmm. Whatever happens, that's mm-hmm. definite. So you're left between Dublin uh, and Tipperary and Wexford to fight it out because currently Cork is true with 12 points they can't be bet so they're going to be in the semi-final whatever happens Uh, Waterford is there in second place with 6 points then you have giant third at the minute but Dublin is just ahead because of uh, results and the head-to-head against Mm -hmm. uh, Tipperary Um, so that is uh, that was a draw in that one so check Martin which is coming in first is it head-to-heads if it's the two teams uh, level it goes head-to-head if there's three teams it then goes to scoring difference in it now I don't know what way it works if it was a draw obviously in the head to head and the scoring difference is the very same which I'm looking here at the minute could potentially happen Uh, and don't ask me where that goes because I don't know is the answer to that one but we'll have to wait and see Um, but yeah you're you're dead right look if Waterford beat Clare um, in their last round of games which is potential Cork and Tipperary is going to be the big one like do Cork potentially rest some of their players and try and see new players for it or do you just go hell for leather and go all out and the fact that they're actually automatically through to a semi-final they're going to have so many weeks you know to to rest up anyway so I think they're going to be going out and I think if I'm not mistaken the semi-finals is the 16th of July no 23rd of July that's four they nearly have three, three weeks I think I think they'll be going out with the I think they'll be going out with a relatively strong squad. I think that they'll still want to they'll still want to win it. I think that they will be trying to maintain their hundred percent record. Um Tipperary on the other hand, it's a must win game for them, but you know, by God when Tipperary and Cork come up against each other, it's a real monster rivalry there. Um Tipperary if Tipperary win that game That's gonna put the cat among and the pigeons. Wexford beat Dublin, Tipperary will qualify. Yeah. Oh, after only winning two games. Yeah. You know, it's it's like it literally really is down to the last day, which we've never probably seen before because it's always been kind of sewed up. Nearly everyone, stage. yeah, yeah. But it really I, is so tight. Mm. I'm just going through it here in my own head, right? Just say if Tipperary win their game, that brings them to eight points. Yep. Mm-hmm. If Wexford wins their game, that brings them to six points. Yep. And if Clear were to turn over Waterford, that brings them to five points. Yep. yep. So that means automatically you'd have Cork would be still on 12. Yep. Well, you'd have Waterford on six. Yep. You'd have Wexford or Tipperary on eight. Yep. You'd have Wexford on six. Yep. And Dublin and Clare on five. Yep. So you'd have Dublin or you'd have Wexford or Tipperary and Tipperary, oh, Cork and then Wexford. It would because Wexford actually 
beat Waterford, Church. didn't they? And the head to head. So yeah, it would be Tipperary no, and no. Waterford, Wexford, Waterford. Or did Waterford? Well, then Waterford would go through in the head to head. So I don't think it happened. That's what I said. That yeah. last round of games is going to mm. be. I need a lucky number eight ball again at this <laughs> Okay, well, I'm going to put you on the plate now and I'm going to ask you to call it. Give me Cork is true already, so we know that, and you did predict that at the start as well, but I'm going to give you a chance now to uh, redeem yourselves here to see who's going to come out of the group. So, out of the teams that is potentially going to come out of it, you still have Waterford, Dublin, uh, Tipperary, and Wexford. So, there's still four potentials uh, for two spots out of those teams. So, who's the two teams going to qualify? <laughs> Out of, the, out of the games that's left Anya's laughing at me but come on I won't ask you who's going to win the games um, I'm just going to ask you who's going to qualify second and third Paula Dowling I'm going to start with you Waterford second you're going with Waterford second I think I backed them at the beginning of the year actually you did and then and your third third uh, whoever wins it between Wexford and Dublin and I'm going to go with the Wexicans okay so you're going for Wexford yeah to be third Okay, Anya, do you agree or do you disagree? Um, I'm going to go Washford in second place. And I'm going to go Dublin in third place. Okay, I'm about to give me a blue highlighter out now. So I'm going to put Anya in blue and blue. And Paula is going to go in orange. So she's going with Watford and... Wexford. Okay, that's going to be very interesting. I'm looking forward to having a, a look. Sully and see, surely can't say that um, we're um, <laughs> giving out about them now that we've voted. I voted for him to get out of the group. Well, they're still I'm with a great chance. The reason I think is is that Wexford have them at home in their own back garden. Yeah, and that is going to be tough. That's. I think that's going to be the game of the weekend. I do. Well, obviously that's not going to be this weekend because them games are not on until the 2nd and 3rd of July Mm -hmm. um, because there was a break last week and the Group 2 games weren't going ahead but the Group 2 games are going ahead this weekend and uh, Antrim and Galway is the first ones up this weekend. So, ladies of know-it-alls and expertise, how do we see that one going? I think you'd have to go for Galway realistically um, I think it'll be a stretch too far for Andrew I think Andrew will probably put it up to them a bit but I do think it's going to be a stretch too far I think the main aim this weekend for both Galway and Kilkenny is to keep a 100% record going into the, the final round of the league there Well you said that to me the last time too about Wexford yeah. uh, and look what happened Wexford and Tip and sure, look listen, what happened there I know but sure you know I just got it all Right I'm getting my blue week. highlighter out so which team are you going for? Galway You're going for Galway Yeah. Paula Dowling do you agree? Of course you'd have to go for Galway, but they always put a but in. I'm just I'm just looking here. They're heading up to Dun- up to Dunlight to play the game. Yes. Um, I know it's not as far as Kilkenny, but it's not too far off. It come from Galway, coming across the River Shannon and, and heading on up. Um, but I don't think Galway are going to want to make a slip up at this stage. No. Okay, well, Antrim still has a chance of qualifying out of that group, so uh, they're um, just slightly ahead of Limerick at the minute, so the next game could be vitally important uh, to see who comes out of that, because Limerick is playing down, and Limerick are at home in this game, um, and currently Limerick is fourth and down is fifth in the table. Uh, Obviously, there is two rounds to go uh, in this, but this weekend could be vital in that, so Limerick and down, how do we see this one going? Anya, I'll start with you. 
silence is golden but it's not supposed to be I'm going to go with down you're going with down mm-hmm. okay that's that's a bold move Paula I'm going to go with Limerick okay I've just given up all faith in myself at this stage now because i got so many wrong last <laughs> Well, I'm just hoping that there'll be a bounce on, that they'll bounce on Limerick haven't beaten awfully. Well, I was just going to think of that, like they have the a bit of momentum, the momentum and that yeah. going forward but with it. either way, there'll be a lot and there won't be a lot between either of them. They probably won't. Um, I think the last day, was it Galway played down the last day? Um, yeah, 323 to 6 I was points. just going to say it. Yeah, it was a huge hammering. Like, would that have an effect on down? No, because I think Down would be looking at this game as a potential to possibly secure themselves in a quarter final. I think if they can well, get a they win have, here, they have awfully the last game, the last yeah. Game. Especially if they're mm. drawing Antrim and Antrim are in third place at yeah. the moment, and they Down are second from the bottom. That would like, yeah, I think that'll drive them, them off a little mm. bit. I would say. Okay, so uh, both going for Galway. Uh, only going for Down and Limerick which brings us to the last game in Group 2 and it is the game that we will be at live on Saturday it's in UPMC Nolan Park at 2pm it is Galway or it's not Galway it's Kilkenny versus Offaly um, so ladies Paula I'm going to start with you on this one how do we see Kilkenny I do think it will be a, it'll, it'll be a tough game because we've seen what Offaly were like in the Leinster Championship I do think um, Kilkenny would not want to t- they won't take it for granted I, I definitely don't think they will but it will be a tough it's going to be a physical game but I would think that we would have enough firepower Anya do you agree? I would expect Kilkenny to have enough firepower now and saying that you know like we have the fact that Aoife Doyle is obviously going to be missing from the, the Leinster campaign that you know she played in that Mary Connell we assume is going to potentially, be potentially we don't know missing. yet yeah. and you know there is other rumours rumbling around in the camp as well there of another potential injury um, you know so that could be three starting players that three starting players that aren't going to feature in that I do still think that Kilkenny will have enough um, I do think that Kilkenny will be looking looking ahead to the Galway game I don't think they'll take Offaly for granted because the one thing about Kilkenny they don't necessarily take teams for granted at all um, but I would be expecting Kilkenny to have enough to, to come out with that sort of victory and either way I think it'll be good if there is three down or whatever if mm. they're missing players I think it's good it's a good chance to get guards in and give them game time yeah like I mean the day above in the Leinster final against Dublin um, when Grace went off and then Kira Phelan went in it was such a smooth transition yeah, I didn't yeah. even like there was mm. no break in momentum and that's what you want to do you want when players are coming in that it doesn't upset the apple cart and that people con- that the game continues as is yeah. and the game can continues as is so that's what I'd be thinking is that I'd be looking at this as look at the positive it's an opportunity to get more game time into mm. those fringe players that will have a role to play when you're playing the likes of the Corks and the Dublins and they're getting to that knockout stage yeah. I mean you can't look too forward ahead I mean we did probably say at the start of it that the big game to know who was going to qualify for the semi-final was going to be the Kilkenny and Galway game which was the last one up uh, on the 2nd of July which could potentially be the case so Brian is not going to be taking anything for granted he's not going to be looking forward potentially as a top of the cable clash he's going to be looking at Offaly and we know what happened in the Leinster Championship it was an Offaly's back door but as Anya has alluded to there is significant injuries there could be personnel missing as well so it may not be as easy as potentially when you look at paper 
Yeah. Or down on paper, I should say. Technically, yeah, but as well as that, we've got Nolan Park, lovely open pitch. It's going to stand to our girls. They actually, I actually think when they play in Nolan Park, they thrive on it. Mm-hmm. They seem to just. Do you? Oh, I, think I think it goes the opposite way around. I think they nearly well, this year tense up a little bit that there's a bit of more of expectations uh, around the fact that you're playing in Nolan well, this Park. This year, no, Martin, you'd have to say, like, I mean, any of the games, they seem to have opened up a lot more. They seemed a lot more relaxed. They seemed, you know... Like, well, I know the last day again, Limerick, Limerick now, they yeah. did in fairness to yeah. them. So, like, I mean, you'd be hoping that would be the case. And, like, I mean, it's a home, no mm. travelling involved, home game. And and I suppose it's, it's, it's going to be that workman-like performance whereby they go in and work their backsides off yeah. and, and you know get things moving so that's you'd be hoping that's a, I'd, be, I'd be hoping that they will give not only beat off you but give a performance is what's mm. even more important If you're probably looking at Brian you want to nearly get this put to bed nearly at half time and have enough of a lead that maybe you can bring on a couple of players rest a couple of players then because uh, albeit um there's not two weeks between the the Galway game. Sure, there's not. No, no, it's the week. it's the following week. Like so, he will be looking to probably try and get the job done as quickly as possible. See if he can rest a few players mm-hmm. um, and have them as fresh as possible. Then going into the Galway game the following week. Yeah, definitely. And I suppose like if the if the injuries and whatever the case may be, if that is the case, I think that's something he's going to certainly want to be doing. The one thing I will say about Kilkenny this year is I don't think there's any pressure on them, and I think that has there probably has been in previous years okay mm-hmm. yeah we all have our high, expect- our yeah. high expectations of them, but we always have like you know your Kilkenny if you don't have a high expectation for your Camogie team or your hurlers you know you know what's the point um, but I think like from outside of that like and I like I'm sure Brian the lads aren't going to mind me saying this but like people are I'd say have nearly kind of wrote off Kilkenny a bit because like they've you know missing so many of their you know stars that they've had throughout the years a lot of the I backs think, are gone yeah, now like, you have I think, the injuries I'd love, I'd love yeah, to be in I'd that love position that. I'd love being like, I think like when Kilkenny have the backs up against the wall I think that's when they perform the best and yes. I think I think their work rate and I think the fact that a lot of them are really enjoying it as well there's a bit of enjoyment back in it there's a bit of fun back in it for them um, I think that they don't have as much pressure obviously there is going to be pressure going out playing the big games whatever the case may be but I don't think there's as much pressure on the likes of Kilkenny as there is on the Galways and Corks this year Definitely yeah. definitely. I think people are already more or less saying that it's going to be a, a Cork-Galway Cork, yeah. final like mm. I mean like let them think it away that's what I'd yeah. be thinking oh, yeah, sure, think you can even think that. it on the Sunday game going back a couple of weeks ago all because that was supposed to be the league final that they were going to be playing and like they can't even get the right competitions uh, involved in that either but that's for another day's story as well anyway what's another day's story is your predictions at intermediate level uh, the last time and moving la, down la, la, the way la, la, la. I mean <laughs> when you look at it uh, one out of three I suppose is not bad you both uh, said that Galway was going to beat Dublin it did happen it was comprehensive um, there's not really much to say about that one unfortunately because it was uh, yeah it was an awful drumming but you did get that one right but the two that I am going to focus on is the Kerry and Westmead you both went for Kerry now in fairness Kerry did put it up to Westmead but Westmead did come away with the victory and it's a good victory for Westmead when you look um, at the results there uh, Westmead 2-6 Kerry 7 points so yeah Paula, disappointing for your uh, adapted county yeah, down there. Look, look, fair play, Westmeath. As I said, they've been doing a lot of work up there. Um, like, yeah, I've seen them at minor level. They're they're 
there's a great cohort of clubs up there that are putting in the work and the same at county level um, fair play to them they're all the way down to Lickshnaw as they'd say and to win the game down there and seven points to two six three scores in it I know you'd be saying two goals but if you look at scores wise could, you know but look Westmeath and Delighted for them they'll, I, I'd say they'll probably uh, the next round is against Leash so I'd say they'll be going in with their tails up and, and ready for action there and the tube is still in contentions anyway because they're miles ahead of the other yeah. teams at the minute. Um, they're so qualified I'm really, like when you think about it. Westmeath and Kerry are qualified regardless of whether Carlo or Dublin or Leash get a result in their yeah. next games. That's they, it. they can't be caught. Can't. Can't. So there's only one no, round, only one round left, sure. Oh, that's true, yeah, and there's only three points in it. Yeah, yeah. so Westmead, yeah, that's correct, yeah, so they're down to the last uh, round because the back matches, yeah. So, got yeah, no, right. I got a prediction right. <laughs> Actually, you're dead right there, yeah. It is uh, It is Galway, it is Westmead, and it is Kerry um, who has come out of Group 1 because there is uh, two rounds left in Group 2. Um, the last round will come down to it. Uh, I suppose it's just uh, a matter of who's going to finish top of the table in that one and Galway has Kerry um, in the last round so you'll probably expect Galway to top the group mm-hmm. in that one um, Westmeath are playing Leash um, so uh, you know that could have that game could have a bearing um, on who goes in the relegation final Yeah, but I suppose the big news for our neighbours and we said we'd hate to see them in relegation battle currently they're out of it um, and probably near enough going to be safe I won't want to jinx them now completely um, they are playing Dublin in their last game in it but Carlo did have a good win uh, over Leash uh, albeit it was just one score it was a goal but it's still a win 2-12 to 1-12 uh, and we like to see Carlo doing well in fairness to him. Yeah, we certainly do. And I suppose it was, you know, you'd hate to see Carlo going through the, the championship campaign without getting a win. And I think that's going to be a massive boost of confidence for them. You know, I suppose their next, the, what really their next goal is, is to avoid relegation at all costs. So, you know, they have they have a, a tough task at going up to Dublin in the next round. So they're really going to want to be pulling it out and, you know, trying to get a victory there. So just making sure that they are going to be playing at intermediate level next year. You know, it really is, you know, it obviously is between themselves, Dublin and Lee there but you know Carlo are sitting pretty at the moment on score difference they're ahead of they're ahead of Dublin so you know at least they have that to their advantage at the moment but you know it is they're definitely going to have to put in another big performance Well I know we'll preview the, the rounds coming up um, next weekend but I mean you'd probably expect Westmeath to be beating Leash uh, which would leave Leash at the bottom of the table mm-hmm. if that is the case I mean the game against Kilkenny was probably detrimental to them because they had such a good win against Kilkenny in the Leinster Championship that you know yeah. we probably slated Kilkenny an awful lot for the defeat to Leash congratulated Leash on the victory and everything kind of seemed to go downhill uh, from there afterwards mm-hmm. like especially going into the Championship because you think that given a, a scalp like that going forward in Leinster would push Leash on it's probably done the opposite I think so I think it probably gave them um, nearly the sense the security that really wasn't there um, I think Kilkenny definitely learned an awful lot from it um, and I think it's probably the best thing that happened Kilkenny back in the day and we we spoke about that on numerous times yeah. but you know Leash Leash just didn't drive on I think there was probably that element oh we've beaten Kilkenny they were in an All-Ireland final last year we've nothing to do here now that probably did creep into them and you have to remember Leash are quite a young team so they can for- be forgiven to have those thoughts like creep into them as well but you know again to be 
to be tough to see Leash back down junior next year because I don't think they're a junior team. I don't think they're they're not a top intermediate team, but they're certainly they're certainly not a junior team either. Yeah, well, unfortunately, the way things are going, and if the results don't go your way, that's what can happen. And we were fearful that was going to happen to Carlo as well. And you know they have such good players that we need Carlo doing well. It was a fantastic game for them. Um, and I know Mark spoke with uh, Sinead earlier on on uh, full time as well. So that can be all got uh, back online and listen to that interview. So well done to Carlo on the victory. I suppose the news for us going forward is that uh, we have the next round of games in Group 2 on this weekend coming. It's probably a vital weekend for teams that want to qualify out of the group. Currently, Kilkenny are sitting there um, in third place. Actually, I think they're in second place because if you go to the head-to-head, they beat uh, Derry, even though Derry has the better score difference at the minute Cork is sitting nicely on 9 points with 3 wins out of 3 it is Derry and Cork is the first game up this weekend so I suppose really you're looking at almost uh, a top of the table clash on that one because Cork has Kildare um, left in the last game uh, and it is in Derry as well you know so Cork will have to make the distance up to them and I know Anya is holding our head here how do you see this one going? I'm going for Derry I thought you might. I'm going with Derry. Oh, I agree with you. Yeah, I'm going with Derry. I think Derry Any particular reason? I think they're going to catch Cork out. I think Cork... um, I think Cork have to be caught at some stage. I don't think they're necessarily a great, great team. I actually think from looking at the Derry, looking at Derry against Kilkenny and looking at Cork against Kilkenny, even though Cork beat Kilkenny and Kilkenny beat Derry, I actually think Derry are the better team. Yeah. And I think going, I think Cork having to travel up there will be um, a massive advantage to Derry. Well, we know the work rate for Kilkenny the day in Cork, albeit we did get slated for saying that it was a poor game, but it was a poor performance. The last day against Derry it was an excellent performance yeah. they upped the work rate and they really showed what they had to do to get back on the, the cart as the fella says and you know they're pushing forward now um, albeit it's going to be a difficult two games left for Kilkenny they have Wexford this weekend and then Meath as well and that's not going to be an easy challenge for them albeit we know that they beat them in the semi-final of the championship last year to get to the final um, but they have to go overcome Wexford this weekend first Paula Dowling how do you see this one going obviously it's not Wexford's A team that they were playing but it is a very good Wexford team that has come up from junior last year if Kilkenny produce the way that they did the last day and if the work rate is there they should be well capable of beating Wexford okay so am I taking it you're going with Kilkenny okay Anya yeah, I'm going with Kilkenny as well. Um, at just exactly like Paula said, if they can give in that work rate and you know the determination that they showed the last mm. day against Derry, I think there'll nobody overcome them. My only big fear is, are we potentially without Roisin Feeling and another player um, for it due to injury? It, you know, I think Roisin Feeling is going to be a massive, massive loss. Um, but I do think. Leaving certain now over, there'll be a couple of girls that you know would have we'll been be doing fighting their leaving and that, and that yeah. coming back in. They've had a week off this week, so I'm sure they were trying to get as much game time into the girls as possible. Um, so there definitely is girls that are going to be able to replace them there if needed. Um, but I would be expecting Kilkenny to come out with a victory in that. The next one is going to be interesting to see how you fare with this one. Meath and uh, Kildare. 
kind of had Kildare written off uh, since the start of the championship uh, when we played them first um, but they had a very good win over Wexford the last day uh, in their games wasn't it it was on the 11th of June yeah because they had no games last weekend so they won by five points yeah so still a good win though yeah, and you, I just say like there, there's only five, six points between most of the teams, either one way or the other. If you go through all the results there, right? Um, so, like Meath at the moment, again, it all depends on how they react to the particular situation, and and like I mean, they won't be happy having played three and not having like. They're a bit like Leash, you know, currently. They don't want to be in the I prospect of relegation. I do think the football factor is coming into play there yeah, as well. You did say that the last Definitely, time, all right, I yeah. that. I actually think Kildare could sneak it. OK, so I need to get me orange highlighter out for you. So you're saying Kildare for this one, OK. Mm. Anya, do you agree? Yeah, I completely have rolled Kildare off in every single match this year. But I'm going to give him the nod on this one. They might be nearly fearful that you have done I that know. now on this. Yeah, I know. <laughs> who do? Who do? <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, no, look, it is going to be interesting. Group two is as tight probably as group one, uh, with three games played in group two. Cork is sitting nicely on nine points in the table. Kilkenny and Derry are sitting uh, second, third on six points. And then you have Kildare and Wexford with three points each. There is two lots of games mm. to go this weekend and the vital weekend then of the second and third of July. Imagine if Derry beat Cork, so that brings them up to nine. It'll just throw the cat among the pigeons. Yeah. Little Kenny get over Wexford, bring them up to nine. So you'd have three on nine and then you have to chase and pack them behind you. Well, just I suppose really if Kilkenny can overcome Wexford at the weekend, they're almost guaranteed a spot in the quarterfinals at yeah. least anyway. So, um, And this week they announced that the quarterfinals is going to be played in the MW Hoyer, uh, O'Moore Park. Uh, I think on the 16th as well in Ninth. around that time. 9th of July. Is it the week earlier? Yep. So it's the week before the senior quarterfinals. Okay, so that is the 9th. Thank you for that. Um, so, yeah, it'll be interesting times ahead. Right, we knew this was probably going to run on a small little bit uh, this evening. You're pointing papers to me. What's no nothing? Go on, go on. Oh, I thought I was after missing something. No. Or, or just yourself, right? Um, yeah, it's been a, a long one here in the KCLR studios this evening. We knew it, but in fairness, we needed to give the uh, time to the primary schools finals. We had a lot upcoming uh, this weekend, which is great that there's so much stuff coming on. Now, what's going to happen now when the season is nearly over in uh, August and we're only going back to the club scene? This Although we'll be busy enough now, hopefully, with the Come On Kinds team of the year, etc., for that this year. So you may get your thinking caps on now for that, Anya um, and Paula, and see how we can improve things for that this year. I'd say things will really take off once we get back to the club scene yeah, because it'll be very it. interesting to see, you know, clubs. You have a lot of people, the J1s on this year with mm. clubs, people, you know, travelling away, coming back. That is very true. It's going to be actually, I think the club scene will be actually spicy. Spicy, that's a good word to have for us. <laughs> right, <laughs> that is all of the spiciness that I can take from these two anyway here tonight. It has been very interesting, uh, good lively debates, lots of uh, upcoming stuff uh, coming up within the next couple of weeks as well. Obviously, we'll have the All Ireland Sevens uh, coming forward, we'll have quarterfinals, semi finals, uh, and we will get to the referee strategy um, as well and talk about all things refereeing matters hopefully uh, with a couple of people in 
entire office on that one as well but that is it from episode 21 on the podcast here it's been a great 21 weeks so far we're still going to continue on hopefully waffling along and hopefully you're enjoying it don't forget to check out scoreline.ie and uh, KCLR uh, you'll get all of the interviews etc from the games they're all up online from the primary schools last weekend we will be back here again recording next Monday night for the podcast and reviewing the games from this weekend's games hopefully a good weekend for Kilkenny it will be we're live myself and Anya in UPMC Nolan Park on Saturday for the game at 2 o'clock between Kilkenny and Offaly so do make sure to tune in and have a listen to that and don't forget wherever you get your podcasts from they are available to download and listen to whenever uh, and hopefully that you are all enjoying them but until next week it's a very good night from us all here in KCLR good night bye bye this is Come On Kind with Martin Quilty and Onya Fahmi. Oh